We love our devices. We sell, we buy, we socialize, and we communicate on them. We rely so heavily on our screens that they have changed our lives. To some people, they are the first thing they look at in the morning and the last thing they look at at night. But we have little understanding of what is actually happening behind that screen. See, security is the key to protecting your stuff. What security am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the basics of security requirements for protecting yourself and your organization. Cybersecurity can be complex, intensive, and time consuming. In the digital world, if you do not know what you need to do to protect your business, then you are just a target. A limited understanding of how, what, and why the cyber criminal is targeting you is just an invitation. On the other hand, not doing anything just increases your chances of being a victim. No one wants to be a target in a cyber event. A cyber event, any cyber event, will impact revenue, capability, reputation, and your business brand. The reason we think we are not a target is we are often uneducated, misinformed, or ignorant of the criminal's capabilities. Like everything else, we rely on our mates from the weekend barbecue or down the pub more than the experts in the field. We fail to understand the issues. Most think a criminal has to be specifically targeting them. They don't. We think that it is personal. It's not. In most cases, we are just victims of random attacks, a random attack generated by an automated system. Let's change that thinking. Let's learn some basics. Let's implement some simple strategies for both home and your business. Let's educate you in some of the realities of the cyber realm. With a better understanding of cyber issues, we have a better chance of not being a victim. I am no, in no way saying that people are stupid. What I am saying is that we all need to be better informed on the capabilities and skills, yes, they are skilled, of the cyber criminal. Sit back and watch and listen to what Roger has to say in this episode. Passwords. Our passport to the cyber and digital realm. For business, password management is a major headache. As a business, you have to get people to understand that passwords are essential and good passwords are critical to protecting not only themselves, but protecting the organization, protecting the data, protecting the systems and protecting everybody else. Ensuring that they are unique, complex and an agreed length is so important. This episode, let's focus on passwords. So let's start with a bit of history about this. Our first reference to passwords, Arabian Nights, Open Sesame, okay? It told the, the cave to allow Aladdin into that cave. But passwords have been around now in, uh, in uh, our world for the last, 100, 150 years, but they've really only become something that is important to how we do business in the last 30 years. So since the late 90s, when uh, Microsoft came along and we had uh, Windows 3.1 and then went to 95 and then into NT and all of the rest of the things that came along, we had a, a requirement 
to actually have a password to gain access to system resources. Now, those system resources could be information about the organization, could be information about um, uh, what you're doing, could be access to an email account, could be anything along those lines. So in the late 90s, we came up with passwords. And in most cases, the passwords were really, really simple. So password, I need a password, password was it. Okay, uh, a couple of years later, we now had to make them a bit more complex so that we had a requirement and we keep adding requirements to it. For instance, we had the capital, so we had password with a capital P. Uh, we had a number, so it was password with a capital P and a number. Uh, we had to have a symbol, password with a capital P with a number and a hash. Okay, so as you can understand, passwords was still the criteria or it was something really simple. QWERTY or ABC123 or uh, ABCDEF, uh, okay? All of these were a requirement for a password to gain access. Since the introduction of uh, probably 2003, 2005, when we started seeing the takeoff of the internet and the internet requirements that we had, passwords became something that has been enforced on us for the last couple of years. Now, in most cases, 2008, 2005 um, was when we started to see that uh, those components that we wanted to actually go forward with were now had a requirement to be a password. So in other words, if I wanted to buy something, if I had a requirement to log into a site to gain access to information, then I created a username and a password. Since then, we've now got a requirement because we're now using what is called the cloud systems. Now, cloud systems literally are having access to pieces of information on the internet. We went from a structured environment, which was a network, you had access to a computer, and from that access to the computer, you had access to the internet. But inside that network, you had access to resources. And those resources were information, they were uh, access to databases, they were access to email. But with the introduction of cloud, instead of being a controlled environment, we now have a universal environment where everybody can see everything on the internet. That creates its own problem going forward. So we have passwords to protect our digital assets. That digital asset can be literally anything that we have assigned a value to, but we need to restrict access. Now there's a, a thing in business called the CIA, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Each one of those has a requirement around it for a password. And because of that, we then have to make do with how the passwords are actually incorporated into our everyday life. The thing about passwords is they are designed to stop people from having access to information that they shouldn't have access, access to, so confidentiality and integrity. Let's have a look at what passwords should be. Now, passwords should be unique, so it doesn't matter what every site and service on the internet should have its own unique password. They need to be complex. None of this uh, QWERTY or ABC or password. Okay, we now need to have complex. Everything on the, uh, on the keyboard is now fair game. And there has to be a minimum of 10 characters. Now, we want to go a bit further and say um, it really needs to be more than 12 characters. But 10 characters is starting to look like a complex password. 
things that shouldn't be in a password are names, addresses, phone numbers, uh, dates of birth, anything to do with your family, anything to do with where you live, what your house number is, anything along those lines, because that is information that can be gathered from open source intelligence or just by looking at social media. So we need passwords to get to the point where we are stopping people accessing our personal information. We are stopping people accessing our corporate information. We're stopping people accessing our technology. So having no access to our email account. We are stopping people from having access to banking account. We are uh, stopping people having access to um, PayPal. The more the requirements we have, the more passwords we have a need for. And because of that, the role of a password becomes really, really important. Now, the other thing about passwords is uh, on every system, there is what is called an administrator. And every administrator has to have a password to access that capability. When it comes to administrators, we need to add a lot more security around how that system is actually created, how they're going to use a password. And in most cases, 12 characters is not long enough and you need to actually increase it. The thing about passwords is we've got this reliance on every site and service needing a password, but we also need to have the convenience of being able to log into it and use that resource. So we then have a problem between convenience and security. And because we have that problem, passwords are often neglected or we find little ways around it. As I said, we uh, I used to work in an ISP and when we sent out a uh, a new account to a, a person, then we sent out a password that suited the criteria of every component of what we were looking. It had to be more than five characters. It had to have a letter, had to have a number, had to have a symbol, and had to have a capital. So we sent out a, 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 a default password of capital ABC, one, two, three, dollar sign. That criteria meets the criteria of the, the, of the password doesn't breach the problems we've got internally if, if someone doesn't create a password that is complex and more than 12 uh, and, and more than a certain number of characters but it allows us to actually send that information out the first thing we did was ask people to change their password 90 percent didn't so what happened was we had abc123 dollar as a password for accessing that system so how do the bad guys gain access to our passwords well, one is they can intercept the information. Um, most organizers, most systems in today's world now use encryption. So I type in my password. There's two parts of it being encrypted. One is instead of sending the password itself across the internet as a password, what happens is it's encrypted using what is called SSL or TLS. So when you go to those websites with the padlock on them, all of the information between your browser and the website at the other end is now encrypted. Okay, that protects that data. But there's another component in the background, what is called hashing. So I take my password, I run it through a one-way encryption process, which creates a 26 or 30 character um, hash. Now I send the hash across the internet, even though it's encrypted, it gets to the other end, gets decrypted, gets compared against what is held on the system. And if they match, it's the same password and you're allowed in. The problem is with that is the bad guys have been working really, really hard on this 
problem that they've encountered, which means that if they steal the password list from an organization and it's all in hashes, they really couldn't break it because there was a single encryption process that came from hash, password, encryption process, hash. So the bad guys turned around and went, okay, we can't go from hash encryption process to password, but what we can do is use the whole system itself and go one encryption process, this is a hash for one, put it in a book equals one. Okay, equals two, equals three, equals four. I can then use that captured information and run it through the hash book that I've got. And if I have a password that is there, then it will tell me that password is this. Hasn't broken the encryption, but there are a couple of caveats to this because the bad guys have been doing this. And as you can understand, the uh, requirements on passwords now getting more and more complex, getting more and more longer in, in password themselves, created different hashes. Now the hash process, I can take war and peace, all 1500 pages of it, run it through the encryption process that is going to hash it, and it's going to give me a 26 or 30 character hash. If I go back to War and Peace and change one character, I change a question mark to a full stop. I then rehash it. My encryption or my hash is no longer the same. Because of that, I can literally say there's been a change on this system. So I can look at the integrity of that data and say, well, something has changed. Now, most people now, if you're in the in my industry, if I'm downloading uh, a printer driver, for instance, most organizations are now hashing their printer drivers and giving you a hash. I can take that printer driver, run it through the hash process and compare the two. If it's the same, nobody's monkeyed with my driver, but if it's not, I can literally delete it and go, there's something wrong with your driver. So that's a brute force hack because I don't know the password, I have no idea, and I'm now going to leave that if, uh, try and get that information out of the system. Another way the bad guys can actually gain information is by searching, okay? By searching on the internet, if I, there are ways of getting into systems like GitHub. There are people who put password files on web pages and put them in their website. Now, most of this is based on what we call security by obscurity. And because it's based on security by obscurity, that then becomes uh, something that we need to look at and we search for it and we can find it if we know what we're looking for. I can manually guess. Remember I said about social engineering and finding out about you, what you like, what you don't like, uh, who your family members are, where you live. All of that information can be used to create a list of a couple of thousand words that could be a password. I'm then going to use that system to actually gain information. Another one is social engineering. Now, social engineering is really, really different. If I send you a, um, a, a request for um, information, for instance, um, we, we need to check your account. Can you give me your username and password? Don't. No matter who, doesn't matter who rings you up, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what situation is, there is no specific reason for you to give your password to anybody. Now, if you're in an organization, then they have the ability to change your password anyway. So they can reset your password, gain access to all of your resources that you have access to. So when it comes to I, need to, I need to save your password, no, you don't. I don't need to save a password at all. 
when it comes to this type of situation, there are other ways of stealing that information as well. I can be surfing the internet and suddenly get a pop-up on my system that says, Facebook is logged out. Um, you need to put in your username and password and I will then allow you back into the system. Whenever it comes to pop-ups, never put personal information into it. No username, no password. If, it, if you look at it and go, oh, let's go back to Facebook and let's see what the hell is going on. Because of that is just something that we need to keep in mind. We've got complex passwords. We've got unique passwords and they have to be more than 12 characters. And if we've got 150 websites that we go to regularly in a month, that is now becoming a huge problem. So we need a solution to that. And what we are using is what is called a password manager. And a password manager can be used in two ways. You can put it inside your browser. So it's a, a, a extension of the browser that collects information and it has a single account that then allows access to the system. Great stuff. Don't use the one inside the browser because it can be targeted significantly. The reason why we use things like a password manager is they're isolated from the actual browser itself. Browser gets hacked doesn't necessarily mean that, they, that the extension is going to get hacked because it's been written differently, it has different capabilities, it has different requirements. When it comes to passwords for business, they've been around for years, okay? From Open Sesame, when we saw in the Arabian Nights, all the way through to now what we use to gain access to cloud services. We need passwords to protect our, uh, our digital assets. The reason why we need them is the bad guys are getting more and more clever, they're getting more and more complex, and they are actually targeting a lot more people than what we think they are. What should be in a password? It should be unique. So it has to be um, different for every site and service you go to. It needs to be complex, so everything on the keyboard, and it needs to be more than 12 characters. And you don't use personal information. So personal information, names and addresses, phone numbers, friends, uh, relations, dog and cat names, all right? Don't use them. And the reason why we use passwords is to stop people gaining access to other information. Now, there's a huge problem between convenience and security. Okay, convenience, humans, they are really, when it comes to um, the digital world, have this really, really strange attitude that um, I don't need to protect my data. I've got nothing that is stealing. I'm too small to be targeted, all of those type of things. Please don't, because they just make you an easier target for the bad guys, even though they may not be looking for you specifically. Now, you can have your password stolen, intercepted. You can actually brute force a password using some of the capabilities of um, some of the hacking tools that are really easily available. We can search on the internet to find passwords. We can actually manually guess gaining from information that we've got gained from social engineering. And... Never give away your password. It doesn't matter what reason, doesn't matter who you're talking to, doesn't matter what comes up on your screen. Your password is your passport. Treat it like that. Stop, don't put a, a password into anything you come across. And especially when it comes to pop-ups. And because passwords are really complex, let's use a password manager. And they are really easy. Some of them are cheap and literally inexpensive because they're free. Some of them have a bit more capability or functionality and you all will pay for that. So thank you. Next week we will have a uh, next, next podcast, we will have a look at something else.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Need Help Ask Roger podcast. I hope that you have got some actionable information out out of what we have shown you today. If there are any questions, please throw them into the comments and I will get you an answer as soon as possible. For not for profits, non profits, charities, and small and medium business, we have a number of free resources. Now, those free resources are free. Okay. The only thing we require from you is uh, email address, first name, last name. That's it. The first one is to find out what your business security score is so that you can create a roadmap and using the, the score to work out where you are deficient and then fill in those holes. The second one is a free weekly business security webinar for not for profit organizations, charities, and small and medium enterprise. It is run every Friday at 10.30, and everyone is welcome. Um, That Friday, 10.30, Canberra time. And the third is a free 30-minute discovery session where we discuss your problem, okay? Now, we also apply an NDA to that because if we don't apply an NDA to it, we don't get the right information coming back from you when you're asking the questions because we will ask questions as well. Uh, questions about risk, capabilities, resilience, all of those sort of things. Each one of those is free. So jump on them, find out where you are deficient, and then make some serious decisions about how you protect your organisation. So thank you.